everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 44, which I have beginning with, now some people, they say that the stars are billions and billions of tons of hot gas. So, and I have it going through, hey, isn't this the weekend that you're supposed to meet? Right. We'll find out tomorrow who they're supposed to meet. So, you may be asking yourself, Aaron, yeah, but how many billions of tons of hot gas? Okay. Um, so I, at first, tried to research how much gas is in stars, and that was a stupid thing to do, because stars are <laughs> all sorts of shapes and sizes. So what I did mm-hmm. instead was, all right, how much gas is in the sun? Um, okay. Which is a star. Um, so the sun's mass is, because the sun is entirely made of, of gas, as mm-hmm. referenced in the they might be giant song. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas. Um, it is about uh, 1.9891 times 10 to the 30th kilograms. That is uh, that is uh, about 2 nonillion kilograms. Um, I didn't and so know I, nonillion was a number. Me neither. And what I found out was, here's how you get the number. Uh, the number word, known, mm-hmm. so that's 9. You take that and you uh, put it in parentheses. That number plus one, that whole thing times three is the exponent. So no nillion is nine plus one is 10 times three is 30. So that's 10 to the 30th. Okay. Um, huh. Billion, billion is, is two by two plus one times three is nine and it is 10 to the ninth. So okay. um, million is, yeah, anyway, so. There's a um, lot of math that you just, I'm sure some of our listeners understand. Right over so my head. So in the same way that October used to be the uh, eighth month, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, oh, no. I got all of like the, yeah. the Latin roots. Yeah. It was just me trying to picture what all of that looked like. My brain was like, no, no. No. Okay. <laughs> there, there is a rhyme and reason to uh, the Ilian words that I didn't realize until I was taking my notes last night. That's that's, sure. the, that's the take home. Um, yes. So, but, so I was about to just leave it. And then I was like, no, he said tons, which I take very, very much issue with because kilograms is the metric unit of mass, William. And I find it astounding that he would that he would refer to tons in any way because he is a science guy and it's wild that he would not say kilograms. But that is because they need to make it accessible to non-science people but right and also he is stoned and or drunk and perhaps one of his inhibitions is calling he wants to call it tons all the time uh because he is a secret uh standard uh system um of measurement english system actually is the what's weirdly called anyways so i converted it it is 1.1 octillion tons which is this is how you write it you write a one Mm-hmm. You write another one, and then you write 26 zeros. That's a lot of and zeros. That is, yeah, that is how many. So one zero for every letter of the alphabet. That's how you can mm-hmm. remember that. Um, so that's a one. That's one with 18 zeros, billions of tons. He said billions of billions. That uh, is correct. Billions fact, and billions of tons. Right. Billions and billions. So yes, it is, in fact, many, many billions 
of billions of billions of tons in our our sun, which as they might be giants uh, informs us is a medium sized star. So oh okay, lots and lots of gas in stars. Yeah, and so that is your that is uh, Star Minute. We have social media. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, well, we so, do have um, at least one other thing to talk about. I'm sorry, I have two other things to talk about this minute. I have two people to talk about too. So, well, one of mine is not a people. Uh, okay. One of mine is the f- the rest of the line that Correct. opens this minute. The rest right. of the line is, but I think maybe it's just God's salt. And God's just waiting to eat us. Yeah. It is so, It is the most... It takes like this left turn into the pretzel stand that is the dark gothic pretzel stand. Like it takes this like weird nihilistic mm-hmm. turn, which is, which is unexpected and also yep. very funny. Yes. Uh, I thought it's especially funny because... I said, he's talking to Stoner Guy, but he definitely has, like, an audience. Like, there yeah. are definitely, like, three or four people behind them that are also looking up at the stars, like, whoa. Yeah. And when he says, we're just God's salt, and Stoner Guy's like, oh, okay. And he's like, and God's just waiting to eat us. Or, we're, God, yeah, God's just waiting to eat us. So I think, I think I recall Stoner Guy being like, like whoa like yeah harshing my buzz sort of situation you know i think william has to be drunk and also stoned like if he's hanging out with a bunch of stoner people my guess is that he got drunk and somebody passed him a joint yeah or a brownie probably a brownie probably a brownie and so he doesn't even know that he's stoned he probably picked no no yeah he probably picked the brownie off of the floor from when it hit claire oh denise her name is Claire on Six Feet Under. That's wild. Anyways, from when it hit Denise, he probably picked it up off the floor. That's what I'm guessing. Gross. Yep. I hate it. <laughs> so then we cut to another section of the party. Yeah, we Where do. we see Mike Dexter sit down with two girls. One of I'd whom like I to- recognize. Oh, yeah. I'd like to tell you about both of them, but first let me confess something. And I really okay. am... I This this confession goes a little bit out to my son, and you'll see why, uh, but uh, a little bit out to the actress, uh, because when I took my notes, I, I take notes of like who, who I know is going to be in the credits, mm-hmm. and so I go back. I take my notes, and then I go back and fill it in with the notes. Sure. Um, so for this, I for sure wrote Selma Blair and not Selma Blair, um, which I okay. felt guilty about, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, I did go back. Those were notes for myself that I didn't have sure. to share with. Uh, wait, crap! What did I just do? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, please don't cut that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, no. I you'll won't. see why I'm. A, you'll see why I'm. Um, cut where I said it's hilarious and that too. Um, you'll see why I'm apologizing to my son in a, in a second. Uh, but first, Selma Blair gets uh gets first chair in Girls Mike Mike Hits On. This is Girls Mike Hits On number one and two. Okay. Uh, so Selma Blair plays uh, number one. Uh, she was Cecile in Cruel Intentions, who, uh, again, the teenage boys uh, from the late 90s will remember as the one that kisses uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, or mm-hmm. is kissed by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sure. Um, and then she played Liz Sherman in the Hellboy franchise, which I don't okay. know who that is, but she is in like multiple Hellboy movies, which is wild because if you'll remember... William, we speculated, had a Hellboy figure, I think, as him. 
okay. on top in the plan for on top of the boathouse. Right. So I now in my head canon, and I don't know when Hellboy was made versus this movie. So it may be that Hellboy was after, but in my head canon, Selma Blair provided a Hellboy action figure for William to use, which is dumb because why wouldn't Seth Green have provided it? That's a ridiculous thing because Robot Chicken, this is before Robot Chicken 2. Sure. But yeah, Selma Blair comes in for her four lines or whatever. And she's like, oh, by the way, I've got this for that scene at the beginning of the movie that I'm not in. Right. You can borrow it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, And then she was Jane in The Sweetest Thing, which is a U2 song I really like, which I'm sure it's named after. It seems like a movie that I remember coming out, but I don't remember what it's about specifically. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah, it was in that time of movies where there were a bunch of like, they weren't rom-coms, but they weren't like dramas. Yeah. They were sort of just like, I don't know, weird pairings. It was almost like it was like, this person and this person are in a rom-com together and it's called this. Yeah, like, there it, was a bunch of stuff like that in the there was, movies, Yeah, I feel like there was um it's almost like the women's fiction of movies where they're not comedies. Right. There may be some funny elements, but it's more of like I guess a it's just like a romance. Romance, yeah, I think. Um there was one with Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. That was Hope Floats. Hope Floats. I feel like that falls yeah. into the same category thank you for remembering the title because i had forgotten i feel like that falls into the same category where it's it's not coming of age but it's like a woman coming into her own okay hang on one moment the sweetest thing is an america i almost said the swedish thing which is an entirely different movie um is a two the sweetest thing is a 2002 american romantic comedy directed by some guy and written by nancy pimental who based the characters on herself and friend Kate Walsh, uh, who oh, played okay. uh, Addison Shepard in um, in Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice, and also is friends with a bunch of people that I never expect her to be friends with. Like, someone will be like, oh, here, I'm hanging out with my friend Kate Walsh. And they're just, like, chilling. So they're, like, not just having, like, a photo op friendship. Yeah. They're having, like, a, we're actually friends. So it stars Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, and <gasps> Selma Blair. I do remember that one. I don't remember Jason Selma Bateman. Blair at all b- being in that, but I do remember Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate being in it. There was like a whole, the thing I specifically remember, there's like a whole montage where they're like trying on clothes and Cameron Diaz puts on a bikini and she's like, man, I miss being in my 20s. Used to be that my boobs were up here and now they're down here and she like puts her arms up and it makes her boobs look real perky and then she puts her arms down and gravity kicks in. And that is just like a mental image that I will never get out of my head for some reason. Just watch. Dot. <laughs> it Don't was mind n- me. <laughs> it was. I mean, she's in a bathing suit, so it's. But oh, I heard you. Okay, it's not a great movie. I don't. I don't was- remember anything about it. It uh, except that it- I don't think I loved it. On open on opening weekend, it was number three behind the. Uh, ben Affleck, Samuel L. Jackson movie, Changing Lanes, which I don't remember, and uh, the Jodie Foster movie, Panic Room, which is a very good movie. So, um, anyways, so The Sweetest Thing, she was in that. And uh, it sounds like that is a uh, YouTube search away, maybe if it's free for streaming, but not maybe not uh, not a full watch through yeah. type movie. Those are her top um, three? 
It didn't mention um, Legally Blonde? That was number four. Weirdly, okay. I didn't... Re- no, no, no. I did write it down. She was. I wrote she was also in Legally Blonde. I don't know why I, I put that thought... as such an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought Cruel Intentions and Legally Blonde would have been her top two. But... Yeah. I, once again, I have no idea why... IMDb how is IMDb the does way it their is. stuff. <laughs> Because, like, sometimes, sometimes I think that maybe it has to do with call order. Because she wasn't the biggest part. I mean, she was a great part in in Legally Bond. And I just realized I'm confusing her with uh, Allie Larder, um, those two characters I was mixing up. But she wasn't the biggest part in, in Legally yeah. Bond. But she maybe she was a bigger part in these other movies. So she I feel like her role in Legally building. Blonde was easily She was as, the antagonist, right? Like, Yeah, was, it was easily as big as her role in Cruel Intentions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, she didn't kiss a girl. I have theories about why. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have theories about why that's number one. Anyways, uh, she was also, hey, speaking of movie of TV shows we didn't know were made for movies, she was in four episodes of the TV version of the movie Heathers, which oh. uh, came out in 2018 Uh-oh. somehow. Oh, okay. Um. Yep. Uh, she played Kris Jenner on American Crime Story. Uh, yeah, the one she about did. OJ. Yeah. And Aaron, I really feel like we're going to end up watching this television show. She was Zoe in Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane. Yes, she was. So that is our Newsies connection. Probably the biggest Newsies connection we've made, which is because David Moscow was Duncan. Yep. And Jack is someone that I knew too. I looked him up and I was like, this is too far a rabbit hole. Don't write this down. But the only person I didn't know was Jane. Um, Azura Sky. Azura Sky is the correct. I remember her name because I remember at some point, I think watching a couple episodes of that show because of David Moscow and being being like, Azura Sky can't be her real name. And if it is, I'm jealous because that is a name. Her parents were really blue skying their naming. Uh, Yeah. um, I do want Azura Sky and... Uh wow. Azura Sky or Azura Don Storozinski. Don so. like D A W N? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see how she got Sky out of Storozinski. Right. Just Yep, me too. Drop it down me to too. ski, change a letter. Yeah. And Azura uh, Don Sky. Yeah. That is a name. It is a name. I do want um her and um Vicella Shannon to be in a show together just for the name. Just for the, the name power alone. Yep. Uh would be would be overpowering. So um so that is Selma Blair. Oh, uh her trivia. Um she auditioned for both Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and Joey on Dawson's Creek and got neither of those two roles. Okay. Um and sadly, this is sad trivia. Uh in twenty eighteen she was diagnosed with MS. Yeah, she's so been actually pretty vocal that. about that. Yeah, she's yeah. It's hit her hard. Like she has her, a cane now, I guess. The, yeah, like she walks she's walking, with a cane. Yeah. Her speech is impaired. Um, yeah. I've watched some interviews with her, where she, like watching her struggle to get like her mouth to get the words that her brain is clearly processing out. I feel bad yeah. for her. Um, mm. Like from what she has said, she has good days and bad days, but yeah. she's going public about it because she's like, you know, there's like nobody talks about this. Yeah. Like, you know, hey. no, nobody 
it, it's not like a big name disease that when some like when a celebrity like not a lot of celebrities have it I guess so it's not like you know particular types of cancer or whatever where it gets a lot of publicity because it's a rather prolific disease I think it's not as uh it's not as common yeah and I think a lot of celebrities who get it probably choose to just kind of quietly fade end their the careers and yeah. yeah fade into the background but hey if you want to make a donation for ms research uh, you can donate to the national ms society uh, which is at nationalmssociety.org that is two s's in there um so cool. thank you for looking that I'd, up yeah I, I figured you know let's use our incredibly popular podcast to mm-hmm. do some good yeah exactly um so the other girl <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you want to tell me about the girl who's not Selma Blair? <laughs> Correct. Uh, her name is Jennifer Paz. Uh, her top three is she plays Lapis Lazuli and also many other characters on Steven Universe. Okay. Which my son is hardcore into right now. Okay. And as am I. And uh, as is Lila, to the extent that Lila ever gets hardcore into anything at all. Um she gets hardcore into her own stuff. I was going to um, say, she does. <laughs> ge- generally, she gets into stuff, and then we get into it, and then she's like, all right, well, she's basically a hipster. Yeah. She just doesn't, like, I liked know it, it first. <laughs> yeah. She, she, and she's not like, I liked it first. She's like, yeah. oh, you guys like it? I'm good. <laughs> okay. Um, but Matt is hardcore into it because it's, like, superheroes and collections, and it has it's it's very it's a very fun show and i've heard nothing but good things about it and those things are correct yeah so, i've heard really good things and at some point i will probably dive into it well we own the first the complete first season if you ever want to borrow it okay because i am now involved and yes it's on hulu that's fine we own the complete first season because i'm me and matt didn't get his collector thing from nowhere <laughs> uh, so <laughs> she uh, this is her her number 2 okay can't hardly wait as okay. girl my kids on number 2 uh, and then she was uh, a character named Ting Ting in a movie called The Legend 2, which uh, appears to be a um, a movie from uh, Asia, an Asian, like, okay. looked like maybe a kung fu movie. Okay. Um, in a second, after we finish with Jennifer, Jennifer Paz, I want to talk to you about the Bechtel test a little bit. Um, okay. Because I just remembered something I read about it. Uh, so it says, while living in Washington State and having never worked professionally as an actress... She made an impromptu decision to audition in an open call for a Canadian production of the musical Miss Saigon. Upon being cast in the chorus of the first national tour production, she quickly moved up to the lead role of Kim. She went on to originate the role in the celebrated Los Angeles run of the show. Wow. So, Jennifer Paz, yeah. Seems like... Her story reminds me a little bit of... I think it was the guy that was in Finding Fort... No, 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 no. It was the guy. It's Jock number Jock number two. His story, that, that actor's story, um, is that he was doing like something at UVA mm-hmm. and then he auditioned for Raisin in the Sun and he was like, okay, acting now. Yeah. This feels like the same story. It's like yeah. I was doing something, doing something, doing something and then acting. Yep. <laughs> like, so yeah, just really quick. I was looking at what was I watching that I was like, this is passing the Bechtel test, even though it's ho- horrifyingly not... I don't remember what I was watching, but I was like, this passed the Bechtel test because it's people talking to one another and like, like women are talking to each other. They all have names, even though it's, it's horrifyingly like objectifying women or something. What was I watching that was that kind of movie? I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so I, um, 
I looked up Crossroads and I looked up Newsies. Newsies does not. So the Bechdel test is uh, meets three criteria. Na- uh, women, two women that are named mm-hmm. have to have a conversation. That's number two. And number three is that isn't about a, a man or about love or about like getting together with a man. Does Newsies not pass? Sarah and Newsies her mom does not pass. talking about serving dinner. Well, does her mom have a name? Esther. Esther. Okay. Maybe. It it's it did not officially pass. Okay. Um, but uh that is bec- like it's basically the site I was looking at was basically a crowd crowdsource thing. It's not um, a conversation between just the two of them. Maybe that's And it doesn't it have means. to be it, they have to like talk to one another is the is the only thing. I guess maybe Esther tells Sarah to go get the cake. <sighs> And Sarah doesn't yeah. ever actually say anything to Esther. That's probably what it is. Right. Uh, the movie was Showgirls, and I was looking it up because oh, okay. of a project I'm working on. It yeah. passes the, the Bechdel test because I believe there's that. lots. I mean, yeah. And there's tons of women. Like, Two of them are bound yeah, to not be talking about men. <laughs> yeah. They talk about, you know, fame and dancing and all this stuff. Yeah. But people on the site were like, this is why the Bechdel test isn't isn't great. <laughs> isn't <laughs> infallible. <laughs> uh, but so I looked up this movie, and... This movie doesn't pass because Denise never talks to anyone who has a name. Because most of the characters the, in this movie don't have names. Amanda, Amanda and Denise never talk to each other. And that's the only, those are the only two named characters. Even if you count Beth talking to, I guess Beth, if you count girlfriend number three or whatever, whose name we think of as Beth. Yeah. When she is talking to Amanda, that technically passes the Bechdel test. But in the credits, she's not. It, it doesn't though, because they're talking about Mike. They're talking about Mike. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So it doesn't pass on a num- in a number of levels. And I was like, and and it did say like they were like, a bit of this is because they were cutesy with the credits and like they yeah. named it "Girl Whose Party It Is." They did that with both guys and girls. Like yeah. it's not like they were like it's not like that book I read right. where the guys all got names and the important women one important woman got a name and everyone else in the plot didn't. Yeah, Anyways. I I would argue. That this movie, well, I was going to say, I would argue that it does pass the Bechdel test aside from that. But honestly, I don't know that it does. Uh, if, if Jenna, if, if Preston was a, well, if Preston was a girl, that this would be a whole different movie. Yes. Um, it might be better, but, um, Jenna Elfman would, they would pass the Bechdel test because they don't just talk about, um, yeah, but Preston's like, a dude. A, a, a dude, right? No, I know. I'm saying if he yeah. was a, if he was a girl, sure. this would be it would be pass the Bechdel test. But it would pass the Bechdel test on a number of different levels if that was the case. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I'm so. trying to think. I'm like Denise talks to the girl from her language lab, but that, right. but language again, lab girl. so many of these, con- yeah. some of the conversations in this movie are like little throwaway conversations that I don't know if they can be called conversations, right? So much as exchanges. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, which is, again, to say, not to say that not passing the Bechdel test is the caliber of a, sure. of a movie being good or, or not good in terms of, like, its problematicness even. I mean, this right. movie has problematic sections, but I think this movie fairly depicts both men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is true that three of the, f- all four of the main people in this movie, if you if this was a book and it was in four different sections, like yeah. a Stephen King book... All of them would be named uh, men's names: um, William, Kenny, Preston, and Mike. But like, yeah, because Denise and Amanda are 
side characters Cons. in yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kenny and Preston's stories. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, well, that that girl who uh, girls who Mike hits on made me think of that. So. Yes. Let's get back to the hitting on. Yeah. Um, so he puts his, I said, he puts both his arms around them. Uh, he has news for them. He has recently become single. And he remembers Jeff Gurner. Now, okay, Jeff Gurner gets a name and he's not even in the movie. Yeah. So like, there's well, something. There's we something don't there. know that. Jeff Gurner could be jock number two. Yeah. Or jock number three. I mean, like. Or stoner guy. Or Stoner Guy. Right, exactly. Although, would Mike talk to Stoner Guy? Maybe when he got his drugs. Maybe. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Jeff Gurner saying a little something about you girls thinking I was the hottest senior in school. Um, this is, by the way, a scene that has kept me... I mean, personality has too, but like, I think of this scene often when I'm like, are you being creepy right now, James? Yeah. If you are, don't be like Mike Dexter with those two girls who he's being super creepy with. Uh-huh. Back off. <laughs> sure. Pull back. Don't be him. Don't be that <laughs> so, guy, yeah. Don't be that guy. And by that guy, I mean Mike Dexter. Um, then the girls respond. Um, do you the, remember what the girls said? I believe it's... I don't remember which one it is. It is, it is Jennifer Paz. It is okay, number two. Okay, that's what I thought says yeah. yeah and i heard you do- you told jeff gurner we were skanky uh weird crossroads connection mm-hmm. uh, this is skanky used in the way that i'm used to not yep. like it was used in crossroads yep um do you know how i realized that i was like oh well skanky is absolutely a term i should look up and my muscle memory i was like sk i've done this before wait a minute <laughs> yep <laughs> yep so you have done this before. and then and then, oh my God, it is like cartoonish because mm-hmm. he like, they're like, you told them, Jeff Gurner, we were skanky. And then it reestablishes the, like the three shot mm-hmm. from like when he sat down and they are gone. Yep. He is just <laughs> sitting by himself on this swing with his arms still outstretched as though to put yeah. them around someone. If there were them shaped clouds, it would literally be a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yep, and then we cut to the X-Files on the roof. Yep. X-Files on the roof. Um, yeah. You want to do some Should social, we do social media? media? Yeah, do some social media for us. Yeah. Uh, we are on Twitter uh, as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. Uh, we will be uh, till the end of time. Yep. Individually, um, we are on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. I am at Unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which is a home to a lot of great shows, one of which we'll place an ad for at the end of this episode. Yep. Whew, that is going to do it. Um, it, it this, this movie is both deceptively, like, not a lot happens and also so much happens. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's always, it's like they say, it's like, it's wild that it took an Einstein to realize that time is relative because sometimes it's like it goes fast, sometimes it goes slow. I mean, it's like Einstein said, time is honeys. Go hot dogs! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. 
What is wet hot American moon juice? It's like taking the first sip of a fresh cup of coffee and it's way too hot and you burn your tongue. That's like asking me to describe the sound of my daughter's laughter. Urban Dictionary said that juice means street credibility, so I think I'm part of a gang. At its core, it's a lifestyle. Nowadays, most young kids just want to take Instagram photos with moon juice. I need to save my words because I need 50,000 of them. I don't even think I know 50,000 words. Yeah, I guess I should have known from the start that I was in over my head. Wet Hot American Moon Juice is a National Novel Writing Month podcast. What's a National Novel Writing Month podcast, you ask? A bad idea. That's what. But with the power of friendship, even bad ideas can be really, really good. Coming late October 2019 to the Scavengers Network and a podcatcher near you. I think in this day and age, we can all use a little more moon juice in our lives. But only the wet, hot American kind. None of that knockoff European stuff.